Welcome to the Food Life Podcast. You are about to hear easy to prepare and fun to serve recipes plus cooking tips paired with real conversation about the issues we face every day. It's food and life. And now, here's your host, Donna Britt, plus her dog Gus, in a very special version of the podcast we call Walks with Gus. Well, hello. You may be able to hear the crunch of snow underneath my feet. (laughs) Yes, I'm outside. I'm walking with Gus, my year and a half old chocolate Labrador retriever. And I love this dog, otherwise I would not be walking him or myself when it's 18 degrees. (laughs) But here we are. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Donna. And this time we're going to talk about hard conversations. And I thought this very cold, harsh morning was a pretty good backdrop for this particular conversation. So we'll talk about hard conversations, what they are, how we struggle with them, perhaps even how we can do better at them. And then we're going to talk about some delicious food, which I call think clearly foods. Foods that have been chosen, or foods that I've chosen because they've been proven to really help your brain. So I have a salmon dish, one of my longtime favorites, because salmon is a fish rich in those omega-3s, which are really good for your brain. And I have a salad with blueberries, because blueberries are another great brain food, a lot of antioxidants fighting off those free radicals that make bad things happen. So we'll get to those those food things in just a little bit. But first we'll start with hard conversations. What are they? Ah, come on, you know. A myriad of conversations. Those conversations that we really need to have that are difficult. And sometimes we avoid having them, which just leads to a harder conversation down the road. An example or three or four of hard conversations. Maybe you have to tell your child that the family dog passed away. Uh, That's a tough one. Maybe you have to talk to your boss about a work issue. Maybe you have to talk to your employee about their poor performance. Maybe you need to talk to your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband and wife about a relationship issue. Those are the worst, right? Maybe you have to tell your parents that you want to do something different than they are expecting you to do in college. So throughout our lives, it just seems like it's one hard conversation after the other. And for whatever reason, and I've thought about this a lot, and I don't really know the answer, I have always struggled with those hard conversations, always been uncomfortable, have always felt like they were confrontational. And I don't know if it's just because I was shy when I was young, still am a little bit, and just afraid, or if I had witnessed my parents having confrontational hard conversations, that might have been part of it for sure. Whatever the case may be, I've really spent my life struggling with it. Sometimes, you know, you get you get so passionate about something, maybe you get mad, get fired up. And boy, you can have that hard conversation, but a lot of times those are charged with anger or resentment or maybe a little too much sarcasm. So how can we get into those hard conversations that aren't fueled by something negative like anger or resentment or not have that sarcastic bite because that really never goes very well? How can we do that? I I had to... uh, 
start exploring that a long time ago. <laughs> I paid a lot of money to some very good counselors and wiser people than me to kind of to help me with that. And has it helped? Yes, somewhat. Sure. I think the biggest thing I learned was that if there is an issue, if there is something that you need to talk to somebody about, step number one is to try to stick with yourself. You've heard this phrase, use I statements, I'm feeling. And then that can get tricky because you can say, I'm feeling really upset because you didn't do exactly what I wanted you to do. <laughs> oh, suddenly we, 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 we went to the other person, which puts that other, defer, other person in a defensive mode. Rightly so. If somebody's coming at you telling you everything that you don't do right or everything you do wrong, you're going to get defensive. And what we are hoping for when we have those hard conversations is the melting away of the defensiveness. And perhaps we can get to a place where everybody can express their feelings. Everybody can suggest maybe a solution or at least ask for what they need. And then both parties can focus on coming together, compromising, which is not a dirty word, <laughs> but it can be tough. Um, and then those conversations where you just have to tell somebody that something bad has happened, that's just uh, a, different, a different story. But I think the trap that I used to fall in, and it's taken me a long time to really learn, and I still have to really concentrate on this. If, if I have to tell, for example, when I had to tell my children when they were young that their great-grandpa had died because I was lucky my, my grandparents were still alive when I had my kids and they got to know them for a number of years, like for a dec over a decade. And so then the kids start to cry and then I just want to, you know, I wanted to comfort them. Oh, sweetie, it's okay. And da 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 da. And then what I learned, I didn't learn it right then on the spot. Gosh, if only I had of. But what I learned over time was that you have to let people have their feelings. And not only do you have to let them have them, that means maybe keeping your mouth shut while they're talking about them, but validating feelings. Ooh, that was tough for me. It's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And there is this whole thing called the levels of validation, which, um, you know what, you can find them online if you Google them. I'll also give you a link at DonnaBreakCooks.com. It's something that that counselors use, and, and um, I have walked through those levels of validation many times. As a matter of fact, I keep a copy of them folded up in my my calendar and my journal so that if somebody's having some big feelings that are making me uncomfortable, maybe it's my daughter. And she's telling me about something. She's really feeling sad and depressed, and that triggers me, and I want to help her. I want to protect her. I want to you know, help her find a solution instead of just listening to her feelings and validating her feelings. So instead of saying something like, oh, honey, that's not true. Don't feel that way. Maybe she's saying something negative about herself. Like, oh, I'm not smart enough to do that. Oh, yes, you are. That's me saying, oh, yes, you are. Well, that is not validating her feelings. Another phrase that I might try instead is, well, I understand that you're not feeling very smart right now. And I get that. For, that's just an example of one of the levels of validation. 
Um, again, I'm not an expert, but I am telling you that when I have gone through the levels of validation, even if I have to cheat, maybe I'm talking to my daughter on the phone and she's telling me some hard feelings. And if I look at that list and I just kind of go through it as she's telling me what's happening, it can really help. And I've noticed, I've noticed a huge difference. Like suddenly she will say, you know, I, I know I'm really not that stupid. I, I know I'm smart enough, blah, blah, blah. Instead of me telling her that she is. Because telling somebody what they are or aren't really really doesn't work out very well. They have to feel it themselves. So that kind of brings me to that flip side of hard conversations. Not just when you're trying to tell somebody something in your feelings, but when somebody else is telling you something. And I've noticed for myself, it's very uncomfortable. Big emotions like anger, sadness, depression, um, disappointment. When those, those feelings are being expressed by another person in my presence, I am very uncomfortable. I want to get out my magic wand, well, my imaginary magic wand, and make it all better. You know, sprinkle some fairy dust around, <laughs> uh, paint some rainbows, and tell everybody that everything's going to be okay. And that, that just doesn't work. I mean, it's great to have that positive Pollyanna personality. Don't get me wrong, because ultimately we need to be painting some rainbows and tossing around some fairy dust. But, but while it's happening and while somebody is talking about these hard feelings... How can I hold the space without, without rushing into trying to make it all better? Because um, it doesn't work to try to make it all better, especially for somebody else. <laughs> so those levels of validation are, are huge. So, okay, we're going to stick with I statements and say, I'm feeling really sad that you don't want to go with me to the Christmas party. Okay, I think that's a pretty good I statement. Now, the other person may respond in a myriad of ways. They could say something like, Oh, I'm always the bad guy. That's tough. But you can say something like, Oh, I'm not saying you're the bad guy. I'm just talking about my feelings. Stop, pause. Which is very important. You know, I'm a talker, so somebody, we're getting in a conversation and it's a hard one. And all of a sudden, I'm talking up a storm. I've been practicing lately saying less. Say my one thing about my feelings. And then maybe don't say any more that time. Let the other person get out all their stuff. Try not to react. If they don't know how to use their I statements and they t- start telling you how ridiculous, ridiculous you are, it can be tough to not react. And then you're in a fight. An argument. We've all been in those. So my latest, I started to say trick. I don't think it's a trick. My latest position has been if that starts to go, if the conversation starts to go down that road, I've made my statement about myself and my feelings. The other person has not taken it so well and turned it around and tried to attack me. I just don't say anything else. Let me tell you something. For somebody like me, (laughs) that is hard. (laughs) But I've been doing it. You walk away, you give it some space and time. Maybe you come back to that conversation a few days later, a week later. You don't wait too long, but you give it some space and time. 
Often in my life, I've been accused of having bad timing. In other words, when I'm ready to talk about something, especially something difficult, I want to talk about it right then. Well, the person that you need to communicate with is not always ready. (laughs) They may never be ready. So I've been thinking a lot and working a lot with, okay, so yeah, it's probably not fair for me just to say it when I got to say it. But you can ask for a time to talk. You can set up an appointment. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. And hopefully the other party will agree to a time and you can you can work work that out ideally look this doesn't work all the time if it worked all the time everybody in the world would be getting along and we wouldn't have any wars or bad stuff or violent outbursts or anything like that so it's all just (laughs) giving it your best shot anytime and every time you try so back to those difficult conversations we're we're trying to stick with our own feelings we're we're trying to validate the other person's feelings we're trying to be silent and listen because when you stop talking that's when you can really listen trying to hear hear what the other person is saying and feeling and you know sometimes on the surface somebody may be doing something that it's it, it looks like to you that golly what a jerk you know I mean really how can they possibly be thinking that's an okay thing and we go into judgment which is not the best place to go but we go there and then if we do manage to muddle through and get there and get dig a little deeper and find out more about that person or maybe about why that person gets triggered when such and such happens a lot of times we'll find I'll find you might find I think you will some empathy you know you may hear a story about something that happened that caused a lot of stress and hurt and pain and so maybe a certain situation brings that up again for that person and it's amazing what happens when you feel empathy for someone else because even then if they're doing something that you can't imagine you yourself ever ever doing and you still think it's crazy and ridiculous and wrong but you have empathy you're able to soften a little bit your heart softens a little bit you're able to accept more and it's interesting you can you can love and accept and have compassion for somebody and still not agree with all of their actions. You know? I think, I used to think that if people were having behaviors that I did not agree with, then I couldn't have anything to do with that person. And sometimes that is truly the case. Sometimes the behaviors are are abhorrent and not okay, and you really can't associate. But not always, and usually, I think the majority of us are on on a spectrum <laughs> you know and in just realizing the spectrum and that there's it's not black and white and there's gray and people can be good people and have good hearts and be be good parents or good sons or or whatever but they 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 can have a flaw they can be a real jerk about certain things and um it 
I think it helps us grow if we can accept that on some level and doesn't mean we condone their behavior but we can still accept them as a human and still give them love and sometimes it even helps them with that bad behavior so how about that there is a recipe though I want to share before our time is over on this episode and it's my molasses lacquered salmon recipe which I tell you what even people I know who don't like salmon usually end up liking this one. I think it's because of the way it's prepared. Um, I do a pan, a pan browning on one side, flip it, and then finish it in the oven. And of course, it doesn't hurt that there's a nice glaze on it. The glaze is molasses, lemon juice, a little Dijon mustard and garlic, and salt and pepper. It's just a nice, it, it, it cooks up nice, it has a nice crunchy outside, just enough crunch and salmon is a is a fish that will hold up pretty well it's pretty sturdy so um it it just is is just one of my favorite all-time go-to recipes it's fast (laughs) you want to start with um, a nice few pieces of salmon i like the skin on one side but you can also just get fillets that don't have any skin whichever you prefer and you want a really really hot oven proof skillet large hot oven proof skillet I do use my cast iron but it doesn't have to be cast iron just a heavy 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 skillet and you want to heat that up with a little oil meantime you want to prepare your fish salt and pepper it you're gonna sear the flesh side of the fish or if you're using fish with no skin just pick a side sear it get it nice and brown in the on the stovetop then you're gonna flip it over you'll brush the glaze on and you can get the exact glaze recipe at donnabrickcooks.com flip it over brush the glaze on finish it in in a hot oven and it will only take I don't know seven to twelve minutes depending on your oven and depending on how done you like your salmon and it will come out nice and sizzling with this lovely golden brown crust and it goes so well with something green (laughs) maybe a a nice green salad with some blueberries another great food high in antioxidants that helps get rid of those icky free radicals Uh, so I'll give you a, a nice spinach blueberry walnut salad recipe online too with an easy dressing green beans are another great side or Brussels sprouts or broccoli or asparagus goes fantastic with the salmon. So eat some salmon tonight for dinner and have one of those hard conversations you've been putting off tomorrow. (laughs) How about that? And just so you know, I practice what I preach. Earlier today, I had a, a list of emails I needed to return, calls I needed to return, and they were, they were sort of hard conversations to have. Uh, you know, telling people that I know and care about that maybe I couldn't do something they asked me to do, which is hard for me sometimes. So I knocked out all of those today. And it felt really good <laughs> to get those off my list. They'd been dangling for a while. And it felt good just to say the truth from my heart. And, you know, it's also helping me get ready for even harder conversations. So we'll just call it a warm-up. 
And next time we'll have hard conversations part two and really dig in to maybe a really hard one. <laughs> Thanks a lot for hanging out with me. Bye.